0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to Jaybird Watching Part 2 of your bold predictions, I guess would be, of your off-season predictions part here. Tonight, I have Brandon Panikar with me. How's it going, Brandon? Good, Craig. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, as always. You know, we're, we get to talk more Blue Jays baseball, and after the wonderful outpouring of support that we've had over the last you know, 48 hours here on Jaybird Watching, we had to just have another discussion, and I'm glad you were free. Yeah, no, me too.
1: It's uh, been a while since i popped on a podcast, whether it's uh, with Corsair or Ari. So I'm glad we were able to make this work.
0: Yeah, definitely. And uh, we got plenty to talk about. So first, let's uh, do our little jump into the Arizona Fall League, where we have Blue Jays' new manager Charlie Montoyo making a visit with some rather sightly characters.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I saw that picture. I forget who. I think it was uh, Scott Mitchell or somebody. Anyways. One of the guys that are down there at the AFL tweeted that, and just a look of excitement on his face when he's there talking with Nate Pierce and some of the other guys. Just gave me a little bit more excitement for 2019, because you never know who we're going to see up here. Definitely Vladdy at some point, and then probably Kevin Biggio at one point, I would imagine, but uh, all those young guys, it's good to start making that report nice and early.
0: Yeah, and uh, plenty of those guys making plenty of noise on their own as far as things go. Too, Biggio has three home runs in the Arizona Fall League. Vladdy is Vladdy and is now the number one prospect in the Arizona Fall League. Period. Apparently, after hitting a 117 mile an hour double the other day, <laughs> so yeah. slightly ridiculous. And I, if you, I don't know if you've seen the video or not, but if, you got to click on it and check it out because the sound off this, off that hit. It's just insane It sounded like it would have killed somebody If it got in the way of it
1: Oh, I know and it's just I saw, saw the video And I think the first thing I thought was uh, It actually didn't leave the ballpark Because usually when he makes that sound off the bat It's going away over the fence Whether it's in New Hampshire, Coca-Cola Field, and Buffalo So as long as this man just keeps on doing what he's doing I guess he's still a kid yeah. and, uh, As long as he keeps on doing what he's doing And uh, there's good reason to be excited For the middle of the order next year
0: yeah, I mean, I, we, Chris Henderson and I actually talked about this, but did you see the ridiculous projection that the streamer uh, reports are uh, already out on Vladdy being a top-ten hitter in Major League Baseball this season?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's nuts, and he's up there with perennial MVP candidates, So, and I'm guessing that a lot of those projections are taking into consideration he probably will be up here by the end of April to uh, go past the Super 2 deadline. I, I, still, I don't know about you, Craig, but I still think... He'll start the year in AAA. I think it'll be important for him to get his feet wet down there, uh, get some at bats, get a mojo going, and he'll be up as soon as the Super 2 deadline passes uh, to get that extra year of control over.
0: Yeah, and uh, it's all about that year of control. And we know what this team's trying to do as far as, you know consistently having a winner and I really think they're building that and they have the great foundation with Vladdy and all these other youngsters. Um, there's no way in hell I don't think he doesn't start the season in Buffalo just because of that whole thing. Um, it's going to be a PR nightmare for the first month of the season but it's going to happen very quickly once he you, you know, that date hits. I think it's the 5th or something like that. <laughs> the, yeah. I can't remember exactly but it, mark my words yeah. it will be that day. <laughs> Oh, absolutely.
1: As soon as that deadline is passed. You know, it also allows them to see what they got with some of their internal guys because um, I don't know if Tulo will be ready to go for the start of the year. Um, But with Duriel, probably going to be cracking the major league roster with the way he was last year. They got Diaz, Drury, Urania, Travis. There's just so much infielders. so. At least for the first little while, they could probably roll Brandon Drury and be a third. Probably with a little Russell Martin Martinskling in there, too. So it'll be interesting to see how they play that out with so much depth right now. It's 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 awesome to see. And as you said, they're easily in the minor leagues building that winner with sustained talent. Keep on coming through. I'm just curious to see what pitcher takes a step forward this year. I think many people are uh, pegging that to be TJ Zoick getting up here maybe by midseason.
0: Having the pleasure of watching his pitch, he is just something. He's he's definitely coming. And in all reality, I wasn't expecting to even think about this, but seeing the footage I have seen of Nate Pearson in the Arizona Fall League, he's making me a believer that we might see him even this season. I know it's rushing him, yeah. but he is just he's showing that he's that next echelon of type player that will accelerate really quickly. And he even regardless of the fact that he was derailed because of the injury.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's always stuck with me I remember what Atkins said last year I think it was right before Pearson got injured Or maybe shortly after he got drafted If he didn't deal with that injury in in college He he probably would have been a top three pick Even number one, they loved the guy So, I mean, when you hit 104 point, whatever it was Let's just call it 105 on the radar gun You can see why they think he could be that uh, Or could have been that number one overall pick in his draft year
0: Exactly, and regardless of the fact that I think we just got a lot of guys that are just gonna be solid across the general you know, they're even we're not even talking like Tom Panone had a decent showing in Toronto last season and he's part of this conversation as well. So you got these young guys, the Zoikes and the Pearsons, a bunch of middle guys, you got Brian Baraki, Panone and all those guys all mixed in one nice little pack. Our pot there. And then you have what we're hoping is a resurgence of Stroman and Sanchez. And if you get those all oh, a match right, this could be a fun, wonderful season. And we haven't even talked where some of these free agent rumors are already going, Brendan.
1: Yeah, I mean, you see how today they're even talking. Jay Happ has already been talked to by Atkins and uh, and team. Uh, Shida Beattie put out a few interesting tidbits right before we hopped on about half an hour ago now. He, uh, he said he met with Jay right today. Uh, but the other little tidbit which could open up an entire podcast is that he said they would be listening and willing to listen on Marcus Stroman, which is quite interesting to say the least. But uh, uh, you know what? It's going to be interesting to see how they approach Reason the agency. I put that uh, article out on Jay's journal, went out this morning, that um, in my mind, I think Blue Jays would love to be able to fill that back of the rotation so that Sean Reed Foley and Panone could start in AAA. Maybe they're not necessarily ready to take that full-time rotation spot and run with it when the season opens. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Caviglio open as a 5 and if he struggles right out of the gate then uh, one of panona full he will come up and stay here for good.
0: Yeah, and um, you bring up an interesting tidbit there as far as what we were talking about guys staying on the roster and whatnot. Caviglio pitched really you know, well in a kind of a swing roll last season, almost Scott Downs-ish or i uh, I'll even go Brian Tallett. <laughs> yeah. I was willing to wave it too. Yeah, and uh, exactly. But he, um, I really think that his stuff might carry well in the bullpen, and like he did at the end of yeah. the season, because he can get that little, you know, go out and air it out for a couple innings and get you through some really tough spots, especially with these young pitchers coming in. He might be that one key pitch away from being a good, solid starter. He's like a fifth, sixth starter to me. And I really uh, think those are the guys you need on a team like this, especially with all these young talents. We need an innings eater, and I think that's where this free agent conversation is going to go, and that's why they're talking to Jay Happ.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I put out uh, a week ago on Jay's journal. It got ripped apart a little bit by some people, but others on Twitter... Uh, We're quite receptive to the idea of James Shields. I know he's not very sexy or attractive And I actually listened to the uh, talk he had with Chris the other night And you guys brought this up, but I mean on a cheap deal maybe eight to ten million one year kind of like a Jaime Garcia type deal. I don't know Shields last year was able to pitch over 200 innings and Had he not gotten hurt the year before he would have done it as well so just somebody who can go out every fifth day and you know you can get six in out of them is exactly what they need. And I, I said in peace, as long as James Shields could be like what R.A. Dickey was in 2015 and 2016, that's what they need to stabilize in the rotation with some of the younger guys in there. And Counting on Sanchez to stay healthy seems like uh, you're instantly setting yourself up for failure. Uh, and then based on his first few seasons in the bigs, Stroman seems to be developing a pattern of one good, one bad, one good, one bad year, so hopefully that means he's in line for a good year in 2019, because 2018 was quite a different
0: Yeah, it was definitely a patchwork for Marcus Strum, as he did definitely show some signs of breaking out of it near the end of the season, but it did still look like he might have had that injury lingering on him a little bit. Um... Whatever it might be, I'm not going to make excuses for it. <laughs> so, uh, but as far as the Blue Jays' rotation is going to go, like I, like you said, we're going to need innings eaters. And you're going to be looking at the fold of guys like James Shields that have a known track record. And just to give you a comparison, the Yankees are clearly looking for the uh, innings eater as well. As today, they actually inked CC Sabathia to another one-year deal, $8 million worth, that's a pretty good deal for what he did last season. And I think that's what the Blue Jays might be looking to replicate.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you know what? Last year it seems like talks went pretty far with Atkins and Shapiro with C.C. Um So just that kind of a mold of a guy with shields would fit. Just an older guy, a veteran who could help the younger guys in the clubhouse and the Sean Reed Foley's are here to stay and the Thomas Panone's are here to stay. So I wouldn't be surprised with James Shields. The other name that I was, two names I was looking at, I think you guys mentioned this uh, the other night, oh, Lance Lynn really figured things out once he got to the Yankees, increased the strikeout rate, walks dropped by more than half, and uh, in just 11 appearances for the Yankees had a 2.1 uh, fan grab war. So he'd be an option as well as Drew Pomerantz, who uh the front office uh, when they were in Cleveland drafted. So any of those guys. Uh, would be definitely of interest, and I wouldn't be surprised if they make a bit of a splash yeah. for, uh, for somebody a little bit better than Jaime Garcia was uh, last year, or was predicted to be.
0: Yeah, I think uh, they went too far toward the bottom of the barrel with Garcia, and I, I, didn't, I thought it was a smart move. They didn't have a ton of investment in on it. You know, it didn't seem like it was going to hurt them as bad as it did, but he went bad really, really quickly, and it looks like he's... Honestly, maybe more hidden toward a bullpen role for the last parts of his career here. Um, I think they need to shoot for more like what we were talking about there, or go for the Tyson Rosses, the Jeremy Hellickson's. I sure hell is hope they stay away from somebody like Clay Buckholtz. <laughs> yeah, uh, but, um, me too. That
1: could be how I make our feel over again.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think, obviously, the main guy, Jay Happ, bring him back if you possibly can, but I really am going to be hard-pressed to see him coming back with the ridiculously amazing season he had with the um yankees after being traded those numbers during that pennant race for him were just lights out uh i honestly think we he's the one that got away in this situation but in all reality billy like kenny's looking pretty good so um yeah i'm not I too upset with that M- trade
1: wouldn't be surprised if mckinney opens up a full-time outfield spot next year he proved enough to hit the top lineup so it really returns for that trade are quite good. Just got to see what Brandon Drury can do if you have to stay healthy. And uh, I think he could be a nice little piece. He could probably be like what Solarte was last year, but better and more consistent throughout a long year. Solarte dropped off so much after April and May last year, and he was basically unplayable by the end of his uh, time with the Jays.
0: Yeah, especially with the rookie movement, it was kind of hard to see him being taking time away from some of those guys that you know are going to be more or less the Blue Jays' future at that point. And I Solarte is one of those guys. I'm assuming he's going to be a non-tender candidate. And but there's plenty of plenty of guys out here that the Blue Jays can take advantage of. And I'm really thinking it's going to be more pitching side of things. I don't. I can't think of anybody that we really want to slot into the offense. Unless you're all of a sudden doing like what you said, trading a strowman and getting a really good piece back, you know, we're not going to get the Christian Jelic splash of plate <laughs> player that we might have no. gotten last season, but yeah. um,
1: it, yeah. unless they want to move Kevin Polar, which everybody seems to be in favor of, uh, or some people at least that um, know a little bit more than the average Kevin Polar fan, then I don't see anybody else on the roster that's going to be moved to start next year.
0: Yeah, and it's gonna be a shock if somebody else does. With this, you know, them wanting to keep everybody to themselves, it's gonna be to get that big piece, controllable piece. If they do decide to trade, a, you know somebody like, yeah, especially one of the youngsters. You know, it's one thing if you lose Russell Martin and somehow move his contract <laughs> or something like yeah. that. Um, I honestly don't think we're gonna get the you know Vernon Wells type of move of a contract anytime soon with Russell Martin. Uh, but it's going to be one of those things I think Russell Martin's going to be playing for his baseball life in Toronto, I think, this season, with Reese McGuire and Danny Jansen catching up very quickly.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, luckily, Martin's on the last year of his deal. So if they do want to get creative, probably they'll have to eat a bunch of salary to shed him, and you won't get much back in return for Russell Martin. But i, I keep him around just oh, exactly. uh, to have him do what he did last year, just be that guy who could roll around third base, catch when he needs to, and in a heartbeat play second base if you absolutely
0: have yeah. to. We do have to talk about the one rumor that you and I were chit-chatting about uh, on Twitter I think either this morning or last night. I can't remember. Apparently that much has happened since. Matt Hardy uh-huh. is mentioned as a possible Blue Jay target. <laughs> How realistic do you think that is?
1: I don't know. It like, just seems a lot of left field. Um, I mean, if it's on a team-friendly deal, which it probably would be for him to Continued to build his value back up like he did with Cincinnati. He was, hey, I might be all open arms for Matt Harvey if It's on a one-year deal. There's so many guys out there in the free agent market that could be had on one-year previous deals and then flip at the deadline or something like that, but I mean if Matt Harvey Can come in here if that's even a possibility it seems such a like a random selection for MLB to put out there as a fit um, They could flip him if he pitches well, but if you get Matt Harvey come back to some of what he was with the vets, probably not definitely not all the way back, but some of it and he could uh, he could be in top of the rotation. Yeah. So I, I, I I definitely kick the tire on it.
0: Yeah, and as far as things go, um just looking through the wonderful eclectic of, you know, <laughs> of what is free agents starting pitching this off season. The Matt Harvey is one of the youngest guys outside of Patrick Corbin, who is 29 and insanely good, which is unfortunately out of the Blue Jays' price range would be my guess. Um, and I, I don't see them being a guy that would get into the five, six-year deal with what I think you would need to probably land Corbin in the first place. But Harvey being 30, he's uh, one of four main guys on the free agent list here. Outside, Other than him is uh, Matt Moore and uh, Martin Perez, and, yeah, Matt Harvey. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, Nathan Evaldi being the only games. other exception is he's 29, and unfortunately he's probably not an option for the Blue Jays as well.
1: Yeah, Corbin and and Nathan Evaldi and Dallas Keichel, I know he's a little bit older, but those top three guys that are going to be on the market are definitely not coming here. They're going to be out there. And you know what? You can throw Jay Happ in there too, Jay Happ. Has already been rumored to be talking with the Yankees, the Reds uh, expressing interest in Hap. So yeah.
0: The only reason we're in on Hap is because he loves playing in Toronto. That's really the it, nit and gritty of it, I think.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I it, like I love Jay Hap, and it would be awesome if he comes back, but just thinking about it, it doesn't make sense for him to want to come here unless he just wants somewhere where he knows he can be happy because I don't think there's going to be too much maybe, I don't know, too too much winning over the next year and maybe two uh, as the youth movement takes over from the uh, the last remaining pieces of the playoff core. But uh, yeah.
0: I don't know. He's 36. It, it, I, mean, I would be think happy. he wants yeah. to win.
1: He wants and to win. And he he th- he's going to get
0: paid, too. Exactly. And he has shown that he can be a consistent force even at that age. And he's been one of those weird candidates that's actually gotten better with age. And if you want to do the other wonderful, you know, thing that Chris and I talked on the other day, big sexy's still out there, and he, we could always bring in Bartolo. Oh man!
1: Oh man! That would uh, go over well from a PR standpoint here, but that might be about it.
0: Yeah, yeah. one is one of those guys. He's going to find a way to get people out, and he's always proven that. And even last year with Texas, he showed he can still play major league baseball. So uh, it'd, be, it'd be funny if he came here. That would be that would make for all the laughs. Yeah, hey, and worst case scenario, well, one thing he has gotten in his last, you know, his tour of Major League Baseball since, I think, 38 more or less, he's been on a new team every year. <laughs> he uh, is definitely that, a good role model for young players. And then he could say he's fit for both Canadian teams. <laughs> there, there you go. Is he the last remaining Ex- expo in Major League Baseball that played I for the team? I
1: think so. I think so. You know, the only other one I can think of, um, is Danny Espinosa. I think Espinosa was maybe with the Expos in 3 but I know he was definitely drafted by
0: Montreal. Yeah, I don't know if but, he was uh, the last drafted one or if he was the guy other than Bartolo Colon to officially play innings for the Montreal Expos. Yeah. I Someday think he was drafted.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do, if they want to extend the 32. Portland seems like the, uh, the hot destination they talked about for expansion. And another team needs to go out west. So it makes sense.
0: Yeah, I made. I've been to that team, um, in, or that ballpark in Charlotte for the Triple A ballpark. It's insane. It's like a major league baseball game.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I've seen pictures. They definitely would not get a major league team because their Triple A team does so well with that stadium down there.
0: <laughs> it's fr- you would think that'd be a good sell. <laughs> we sell out Triple A baseball yeah. for the White Sox minor league system of all people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly a Team that hasn't quite figured out how what to do with their plethora of talent throughout their minor league system, um, they just signed their Renteria's back for uh, extension on that. I thought that was a good move for them too. But other than that, I don't. You're looking at the roster here. This Blue Jays ballpark, our Blue Jays team has a team that could play very well. If everything happened to go right, <laughs> yeah, this season, and I don't see what you would get on this uh, free agent market as far as position players to really supplement yeah. that as well. You know, it's not like we're going to bring 30, uh, Steve Pierce back <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Um, you're not going to go money. run Let's out pay. and buy DJ LeMayhew or somebody like no. that as a high end player. You're definitely not in the Manny Machado, Bryce Harper. Um, sweepstakes. One guy I thought that might fit the mold, but I don't see them paying. But there's the wonderful Cleveland connection again, Michael Brantley.
1: That would be interesting if he came in here as a veteran. The only other one that I was looking at, if they if they were serious about moving off of Kevin Pillar potentially, if they wanted to spend some money, is A.J. Pollock. Uh, I, and that's mainly because I want to talk it into existence in a rumor because I'm a huge AJ Paul fan. I think it'd be amazing
0: here. <laughs> Either way, you're not going to make the splash of bringing, like, Andrew McCutcheon even, I don't think, no. to add your outfield yeah. at this point. It just doesn't quite make sense. You might bring in somebody, you know, familiar to the team, maybe a Melky Cabrera to be a supplemental veteran fourth outfielder, like in the mold of Curtis Granderson last season, but... Yeah. yeah, that will probably don't be about the
1: old- Probably be the only type of uh, position player that they make a splash into the creation market. Just somebody to show up the bench and play a bit of more of a mentor role like Ray Anderson did last year. Yeah.
0: But then there is that wonderful thing. We might actually have some money to spend this year. <laughs> so do you throw it at somebody like we were talking about with the pitching the Matt Harvey or whatnot, or do you try going out and grabbing one of I don't think they're going to spend money on Craig Kimbrell with the enormous amounts of money he wants rolled into his freaking kitchen, but maybe there's a Cody Allen or somebody yeah. like that you throw money at. You know, it's distinguished closer to kind of tandem with Ken Giles.
1: I wrote about it last night. There is uh, quite a list of relievers who could be had if they want to spend money. I identified a few of them that could be good backhand arms like Allen, as you said, could be on the prove-it deal because he really struggled last year. And he has that Cleveland connection. I definitely don't think they're going to wade into the Kimbrel or Beck Britton or David Robertson or even Jerry Cimillia, but there's a lot of guys who could be having on bad back deals. Carson Smith he barely pitched for the Red Sox, but if he comes back and can get that thicker working again, Carson Smith would be definitely one that I would look at. There's other guys, too. I mean, A.J. Ramos was a closer for the Marlins and the Mets not too long ago, and Ramos could be at on probably a cheap deal. is out there. There's a lot of uh, older quality arms that could probably be had late in the year, like an Axford or Clipper, but probably just not on a minor league deal.
0: Yeah, and I think with the depth that they have in the reliever ball you know, thing here, but I just think with the things that my Major League Baseball is won, when this, when this trend that relief, relief, relief is what wins you World Series is... <gasps> The Blue Jays, if they back-end all that, you know, talent that is in the starting rotation, you know, if they have an off day and you have some of these solid veterans to pick the ball up after the fact, you've got Andrew Miller that can come in and pick two innings. It's a little better than having Aaron Loop come out of the bullpen, who is also oh, free completely.
1: <laughs> if they want to go out there, like Jake Deakman's out there, too, who would be of interest to me. You know what, if they spend money and actually want to make a point of spending money and throw it at a bullpen arm... I think this is the year to do it because right now, just looking at the depth chart, the only guys that I would identify as 100,000% penciled into the bullpen next year is Ken Giles and Ryan Tappara. After that, you got Joe Biagini, who probably will come back uh, just because he's under control and see if it works out one more time as a reliever. And then after that, you got Ken Danny Barnes—a um, mix of same level
0: of talent after that.
1: Exactly. So this is the year to spend on a bullpen arm that could be relied upon for one, to two, or three years to uh, get some of that younger pitching talent coming up.
0: Yeah, and I, I think, like, yeah, it's going to be these kind of things that the Blue Jays are going to target. But if you had to go out and throw money at somebody as far as an arm, it, this could be the season. Yeah, you're going to lose Russell Martin's stuff after this season, and but you're going to have one year more of Troy Tulawinski, uh, assuming something you know weird doesn't happen, <laughs> or he finally <laughs> becomes productive. As much as I'd love to see him resurge his career in Toronto and run away with this thing in the next two years, it's getting harder and harder to believe that something like that's going to happen as he forgets yeah. further, further from baseball, and it's just rough to watch. I, I loved I love watching him. As a Rocky, he's one of those funnest guys to watch in baseball, and it's just what it is.
1: Yeah, and like you said, there's so much money coming off the books even next year. Morales' contract will be gone. Smoke at eight million will probably be gone. So I wouldn't be surprised if they consider keeping Smoke around for the next core of guys, just to have that older veteran who could be in the middle of the lineup with five Jr. But Smoke could come off the books, and then. Tula the year after. There's a lot of money that's going to be freed up. Yeah, because as far as the
0: big goes, it's Kendris Morales is the other big money item right now outside the normal guys. And, yeah, some of these younger guys are going to get more expensive as Kevin Plar, Sanchez, and Stroman get more and more into their arbitration eligibility and everything like that. But, there's also been the rumors that the Blue Jays aren't holding on to the idea that they might keep those guys even through those arbitration years. They might want to trade them while they're still under team control, depending on how this rebuild goes or if they think they can boister something. Um, and it might be that off season if they're going to be having all these changes anyways, that this kind of thing could happen.
1: Yeah, and I mean, they said today, that uh, payroll is probably going to go down for this year, I think, to about $130 million. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if that's after or before ARB. Uh, I'm assuming it's after arbitration projections are kicked in. But uh, yeah, this is this would be the year to do it and backload it for when Martin's done, Morales is done, Smoke is done, and if you add all that up, that's getting close to 30 million off the books after this season.
0: Yep, and that's a easy way to turn around and probably hand it right to somebody else or to divvy it up a bunch of bunch of a bunch of players, anyways. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. And so if you had your pick of who we could grab today um, off of the free agent market to just kind of wrap this whole fun thing up we're talking here today, Brendan, um, who would you want to grab and why?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, you got to go with the realistic names, and I think the five I mentioned in my piece last night that would seem to fit the most realistic mold of what they would want to spend on would be James Shields, Jay Hop, Lance Lynn maybe Gio Gonzalez and Drew Pomeranz. And if I had my choice, just based on most realistic everything considered, there would probably be Lance Lynn. He could eat innings, he'd out with the Cardinals, can give you 180 to 210 every year. And he figured something out with the Yankees last year, so if he could take that to this year, then he could be that veteran for the next two, maybe three years. After that, then it's kind of up in the air of who I would pick, maybe Pomeranz, and then you're looking at Shields and, and Gonzalez as the, uh, the other to fill up that list. I'm just operating on the assumption J-Hop isn't going to come back, even though I mentioned him there, so uh, Lance Lynn would probably be my top choice right now, because he just makes sense with uh, the amount of money he's projected to uh, to get in free agency.
0: Yeah, plus we already know he can pitch in the AL East. He handled the Red Sox. Exactly. Back, no problem in his couple starts. So Exactly. That's one of those big things that is definitely a playing up for Lance Lynn as a Toronto Blue Jay. Hopefully he would be interested in coming, would be the next fun thing. So I'm going to go yeah. the other avenue here. I'm going to say the Blue Jays are going to bolster the bullpen. Um, I'm looking at by low, high comeback guys in Cody Allen and um, Ryan or Andrew Miller. I mean, I don't know why I was thinking Ryan Miller, but I'm thinking hockey. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't so, been the
1: Sabers only for years,
0: Craig. I know, but I'm living in the past as a Sabers fan. If you, just like my Blue Jays, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Unfortunately, that's all we have to do lately. Uh, my wife calls me a level level loser because I only know what my teams know how to lose: my Blue Jays, Bills, and my Sabers—all bad. <laughs> yeah, and
1: you can say the same for me. This year, sports-wise, for my main three teams, the Argos and the CFL, 49ers and Jays—all. All. I think this is the first time since 2010 or 2011 that all three will not make the playoffs in the same year. I've had at least one of them make it every year since then. So it's been fun, but uh, been pretty depressing. But now, uh, getting back to what you said. Cody Allen would be my tough choice if they uh, decide to spend some money and get a bounce back guy. He'd be amazing to add to the back end of this. Bed. Especially because that could open the door for them to flip Ken Giles at the deadline, which is uh, a possibility if he continues his strong play that he showed towards the end of last year after he got comfortable here.
0: Exactly. Um, and that's going to be hard press even with his control on it. But I would think that that's where they're going to be focusing a lot of their attention is on that bullpen. and from what we were saying just for the fact that there was no real shirt things and it'd be nice to even have a collected uh, group of Ryan Tapera's cloned (laughs) you know just to eat up innings after the fact and let him go with it but my other bold prediction is that Tyler Clippard and maybe even John Axford will be back as Toronto Blue Jays
1: I can see that I can 100% see Axford coming back on the same field that he was on the last year and you know what if he pitches well again and get something for him Corey Copping who they got for Axford seems like it could be a nice little potential bullpen arm, yep. maybe even toward the end of this year or next. So Axford, and yes, I think Clifford liked it here, and I didn't think Clifford was as bad as a lot of people did, so I'd be fine with Clifford coming back as well.
0: I'm even going to go out and mention one more bullpen arm that I think you're going to laugh about because you know how bad he was when he was a Blue Jay. Drew Storn is for auditioning it. for teams. Ah, you knew it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, hey, he looked really good in his videos. And in all reality, oh, it's, it's the same it. story, that guys that come back from Tommy John surgery are just as good, if not better, than when they come back. Look at Nathan Ivaldi. I don't remember him ever throwing the ball 100 miles an hour when he's with the Yankees. <laughs> yeah,
1: Ivaldi is going to get paid. He, he and himself a uh, huge payday. Yeah, well he's he got the right age for it, it
0: too, as the other fun exactly, catch, like 29, whereas a lot of the guys on the market are well into their 30s already. So... But yeah, I, I looking at Drew Storen. You know, if you look at his career throughout, after being drafted by the Nationals, he really was a solid arm. Period. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then the Blue Jays thought he would continue to be a solid arm, and there had to have been something lingering before his you know eventual need for the Tommy John surgery. And it wouldn't shock me that that's this that was what the whole problem was. He wasn't comfortable and he couldn't throw the ball right.
1: Yeah, and you know what? That was I can first. Trade I believe is a, a JSGM trading Ben Revere for a few storms, so I could see that reunion. It'd be interesting. That could be, for the time being, a complete PR nightmare with people who don't <laughs> necessarily know what they're talking about. But for people like us and, and others in our Twitter circles. if they I really want to go well off repeat. on that
0: trade, did Ben Revere ever do anything since 2015? <laughs> no. <laughs> I think he's been no, no, no buck 190 since. <laughs> Probably. Not so, even stealing bases either. Yeah, and that's, the, you, you can't steal first base, and that was the, my my biggest fear of Rajay Davis for as long as the Blue Jays had him, and he clearly has figured something out to be a solid <laughs> utility player since, but I don't know if it's just one of those first things. It's number one rule of baseball. you got to get on base as much as I don't want to quote, you know, Brad Pitt. <laughs> 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 so, but,
1: yeah.
0: couldn't help it. Had to say the money ball fun there. <laughs> always so, have to have a Moneyball reference so anyway Brendan um, I think that pretty much wraps uh, unless you got something you'd like to say here or you'd like to do your shameless self-promoting here like we usually allow on this show <laughs> yeah I'll do a
1: little self-plug I am back writing with Jay's journal uh, I left him for a little while but I can still I still have my uh, spot at baseball perspective if I want to go really in depth with something which I could consider as the off season goes along but smaller kind of quick hit less in depth pieces will be found at jay's journal and then if i want to uh dive back into the deep analytics and go in depth or something i'll be found at uh, bp trump
0: yeah and as you know you're always welcome here yeah we freaking whipped this show together in what five minutes this morning <laughs>
1: Five minutes, Just a quick five-minute text and tweet. Game time,
0: let's go. <laughs> so we'll do it again, exactly, and we'll have some more fun, and there'll be more antics and shenanigans to be had, and hopefully we'll have some more fun to talk about here as uh, Charlie Montoyo and everybody settled into the Blue Jays' off season prior to the winter meetings and not beyond. So thanks again, Brendan, for jumping in, and I'm glad we were able to figure this out for part two of uh, the Blue Jays' predictions for the off season.
1: You're welcome, Craig. I like the little, uh, the little French accents in
0: there. <laughs> I was thinking more like Hot Shots, that movie. But <laughs> 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 Gotta add uh,
1: Canadian, the, the French-Canadian aspect in there, I
0: guess. No, I, I'm, for all I know, that's one part, half of my new 200-something listeners are coming from, so <laughs> 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 thank you everybody for that as well, too. I couldn't express uh, how much happier we are with uh, how this has been going, and it's been only picking up steam as more, you know, Brendan and everybody not jump in on this, so Humble uh, thank yous. <laughs> so, All everybody. Right, well. Thanks so much, Chris. Yep, thanks, buddy. And Blue Jays fans, don't forget to j- tune in. Uh, we're going to at least have a show every week. we got another fan chat that we're hoping to get in on here as well. So if you're a Blue Jays fan, you're hearing my voice somehow and you would like to jump in just like Brendan did here on a chat. And we'll talk uh, a little bit about your Blue Jays fandom. We had a couple of those, one of those a couple of weeks ago with Alicia Legg from... Um, Far north, <laughs> forget about it, I think it was New <laughs> Holland, um, and it was a good chat, so make sure you check out that show, we've had interviews with Zach Helton of the Bluefield Blue Jays announcing team, and we've also had a few player interviews and whatnot, so dive into those archives and catch those, we'll make sure we repost them so you guys can all find them now, we have more listeners too, so thanks again, this has been a, a wonderful off-season episode with Brendan Panikar here on Jaybird Watching, and don't forget to tune in.